Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. This is not an additional Monday to Friday passage. I've got this new section. I'm calling it Walking the Way on Sunday. When Walking the Way first started, one of the things that I used to do was I used to do a commentary on some Bible verses. And unfortunately, due to time constraints and pressures of ministry, I had to find another way of bringing Scripture into people's lives, so we decided to go with a Bible reading and some prayers. More of a standard devotional. But a couple of people have said they really miss those those conversations about Scripture and and those commentaries that I used to do. So I got thinking about it, and what I got thinking and decided to do was actually the best commentary that I can do is my Sunday sermon. I am a Methodist minister. I serve as a, a pastor, as a minister for a couple of churches in West Yorkshire. So possibly that will be changing in the near future. And every Sunday, I sit down and I prepare a service. Trust me, it is usually Sunday morning. And I thought, actually, that would be a really good thing to share with people. And I'd really appreciate your comments and your thoughts. So my prayer, my prayer for us and my prayer for you, is that the words that I speak, the meditations of my heart, will be used by God to encourage you to live your life to the full. Amen. I'm sure that by the end of the month you'll be sick of me talking about my ordination, my ordination retreat. So I'm only going to mention it here. Well, I can't guarantee this will be the last time I mention it, but I'll I'll try not to. Um, You remember when I was here last time, I said just how much space my ordination retreat was taking up in my head, and my ordination for that matter. And there were a couple of things that really stood out for me for my ordination. The first was how small our group of ordinance were. And the second was the amount of time that we actually spent in worship. You may not think those two are linked, but in typically Ray fashion, I will mash them together. When we arrived at the retreat center, there were 21 of us. And it was while we were there and talking to some of the others from neighboring districts that we realized that more ministers would be retiring from the three Yorkshire districts this year alone than were being ordained. More ministers were retiring from the three Yorkshire districts alone than all of us being ordained together. And it was a stark reminder of just what's happening to us as a church. But for me, there was also a ray of hope. When I got the, when we were given the, the program for the week, I noticed every day there was communion. And my reaction was, yes! I think I was the only person that said that. Um, but it was a very loud, it was very kind of, people around me actually looked at me and went, huh? Uh, but it was because, I, I don't think I've ever said this here before, but I'm, I'm hoping it's obvious. The sacraments hold deep meaning for me, particularly communion. Because part of that, part of that idea of sharing bread and sharing fellowship is the amount of prayer that goes into preparing for a communion service and the amount of prayer that happens during communion and around communion. And to say that we prayed a lot over that week is an understatement. 
Uh, it won't surprise you to know that the day of the, the quiet retreat, I'd had enough of the quiet, so I went somewhere else, and I went to go visit Worcester Cathedral. But even there, wandering, while we were wandering around Worcester Cathedral, there was a real sense of prayer and just being with God. And after that initial kind of downer, realizing that we weren't, that we were a symptom of a declining church, there was a real sense of hope that came from that week. That all was not lost. And so today's Bible readings from the book of Psalms and from the book of Luke are all about God's promises not to abandon his children. And then we have Jesus' instructions on how to pray. And it's going to sound blatantly obvious. As I looked at the readings for today, and they're actually last week's lectionary readings, but as I looked at the lectionary readings, I began to see the point that Jesus was trying to make, that God was trying to say to me at this point in time, that if we want things to change in our churches, we need to start by praying. I know that sounds blatantly obvious. But it's been a point that's been hammered home to me for the last couple of weeks. And it was something that I took away from my ordination retreat and my ordination. The psalmist writes the question that so many of us ask when we look at the church. Restore us again, O God. Put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all the generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? These are really powerful words, those. But towards the end, he writes, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. And there is hope and a promise that the Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. And I, as I was thinking about that, I realized actually that for God, that in both those bits that I've read, before God comes, we are doing something. Okay? Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in the land. That's up to us. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. That's up to us. So how do we get to the place where God gives us everything that we need, everything that we desire? You know what the answer is, we pray. I love this little passage because it's almost an incidental thing. Um, And I picked up something today that, although I've looked at this passage so many times this week, I didn't pick it up. After Jesus had finished praying, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. It's almost like it's, oh, yeah, maybe this is something I better teach the disciples how to do. We have the classic words of the Lord's Prayer. And then Jesus proceeds to teach the disciples how prayer works and how to pray. And for me, at least, when I read this section, I read that prayer works. And I think about where we started 
We think about the decline of the church, and I'm convinced that actually we don't pray enough. As individuals, we don't pray enough. Let's have a show of hands, shall we? Who prays at least once a week? At least once a week. Who prays every day? Who prays more than once a day? You know what? Paul says we need to be praying constantly. That's how often we need to be praying. And why? Well, Jesus puts it this way. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And I'm not going to say the moment we start praying that things will change automatically. That's, there's, there's no proof of that. But in one of the other Gospels, Jesus tells this wonderful story about this little old lady who goes to a judge. And she has a complaint, and she brings her complaint to the judge. And he just kind of fobs her off, and she comes back, and he fobs her off, and she comes back and fobs her And you know what? Eventually, he gets so sick of her that he says, okay, yes, I will do it. And Jesus says to the disciples, that's how we should be praying. We should be praying so hard in a sense that God is going to get sick of our prayers. Not that he ever will, but that would be, you know... It takes time. And it also takes a willingness to hear what God is saying to us because prayer cuts both ways. It's not just about us presenting our requests to God. It is a conversation. And as I was preparing for today, I just felt God saying to me that I need to get, we need to be praying. So I'm going to ask you today to, to make two commitments. Okay. The first is, I'm going, to, I'm going to present us with a 100-day prayer challenge. And I'm going to ask every person in this congregation to commit themselves to pray for this church and this town every day for the next 100 days. If it helps... We're going to produce a prayer. I will produce a prayer handbook with some things to pray about. So it's not sitting there trying to think, well, what do I need to pray about today? But I'd like us all to commit to pray every day for our church and our community. Secondly, we're going to do it in a very public way. There is a sign up sheet. Okay. There are. I'm, 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 prop, I'm hoping that by the end of today we're actually going to need a bigger sheet. Um, but these are some ideas of things we need to pray for. So I've got some columns there. We've got the church's young people, the church's leadership team, fellowship groups, church members, the Acts 4 through 5 team, day center lunch groups, churches together, young people of Cleckheaton, and businesses in Cleckheaton. That's just some ideas to pray for. So I'm going to ask people, this is going to go up on a notice board, and I'm going to ask people to put their names down to commit to the praying for those things at least every day. Because the more we pray, the more we allow God to do things, the more we see God moving, the more hope we have. The more confidence we have in God that will actually be able to move. And the more that we see God moving, the more we'll be able to step out of faith and do things. We may come up with more confidence, make us 
make it easier for us to speak to people about what we believe in. Lord knows, you might feel brave enough to actually have a prayer meeting in the park. I can't guarantee that this will turn our church around. I can't guarantee that what we're going to do over the next hundred days will miraculously end the decline of the Methodist church. But what I can do is I can say it will change our lives. It will affect us all. I'm just asking you to be courageous enough to take that step. That's all. Amen.